Father. God is good, amen. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. We, we thank you, Father, that you so loved us, that you so love us, Lord, that you gave your one and only Son for us. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Lord, that you, you sent your Holy Spirit and, has, and, has given, and have given us your Spirit. And we thank you that you have given us your Word, the Scriptures, Lord. And we ask, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would speak to us this morning through your Word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. I'm going to read the scriptures this morning. I'm going to read uh, John chapter 3, verses 1 to 18. And I've entitled my message, Looking to Jesus. Let's read together. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son." And so we see in the scriptures that Nicodemus comes to Jesus. He has a limited perception of who Jesus is. Jesus knows and recognizes Nicodemus's real need, that his need to enter the kingdom of God, his need to experience what Jesus 
says is, is uh, being born of the Spirit, a spiritual transformation brought about by the Holy Spirit, that Nicodemus is in need of this. And, and Nicodemus, he's a learned man. He's a Pharisee, a member of the Jewish ruling council, says to Jesus, how can this be? How can this be that I, how can I experience this new birth, this uh, renewal, if you like, this, this working of the Holy Spirit in my, in, in, in my spirit, in my heart, that I might know eternal life, that I might enter the kingdom of God and live in that kingdom. How can it be? And Jesus answers, answers Nicodemus with an out, outstanding truth illustrated in Israel's history. And Nicodemus would have fully understood what Jesus was referencing. He says, Jesus says, and we'll go to verse 13, Josiah of John 3, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. The Son of Man must be lifted up. And so we, before we go to the account in Israel's history that Jesus refers to, we ask ourselves this morning, who is the Son of Man? Who is this Son of Man who must be lifted up, who must be exalted? And we look at verse 13, and Jesus says, he is, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And some of your, in, some of your uh, Bibles have a footnote, and some interpret this this way. After it says the Son of Man, it says even he who is in heaven, even he who is in heaven. And some good Bible teachers have taught that this is a reference to the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ and that there's a sense that even while Jesus was on earth, the Son of Man, He, is, he was in heaven. There, there's, a, there's a coming together of the man Jesus, fully human, and the man Jesus, fully God. He is God. He, this is the Son of Man. There are some this today in the church of Jesus Christ that are teaching that Jesus gave up his deity when he became human, when he became man. He did not. He did not. We must never diminish the person and the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. We must never diminish who Jesus is. And on earth, he is fully God. He is fully man, the Son of Man. Jesus, we know, we know it's talking of Jesus. The gospel writers, the Jesus himself used this term of, him to, of himself many times, many times in the scriptures. And we're just going to have a look at a few of them, just reminding ourselves who this Son of Man is. I'll go to the screen there. Who is the Son of Man? The Son of Man, the, the term, the title refers to Jesus in his humanity in his earthly ministry. 
Jesus says things like this, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. He's fully human. Matthew 8.20 says, And Jesus said to him, Foxes of holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The term Son of Man is, is similar to the term that Ezekiel uses, or that God uses in Ezekiel, calling him the Son of Man. And while Jesus was here on earth, he had nowhere to lay his head. And even today, there's a cost. A man came and asked, and uh, uh, it was a uh, Pharisee, I think, came, a teacher of the law came and said to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus. And Jesus said to him, it's going to cost you if you do. It's going to cost us today if we follow Jesus and hold fast to him. The term also refer, uh, refers to, Jesus used it often in, in, in uh, reference to the suffering that Jesus uh, predicted for you and I through his death, his burial and his resurrection. Mark 8.31, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And in speaking this way, Jesus is identifying himself as the Son of Man who is the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. He's the one who suffered for you and I on the cross. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is the Son of Man. And in using the term, Jesus is uh, using a term prophesied by Daniel. And it's, 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 a, a, return. it's a, a term that Jesus is using and identifying himself as the one who will come. He will come again and he will rule and he will reign upon the earth. Jesus, Jesus says in Matthew 24, 24 verse 30, Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And when... And when all the tribes on earth, and then all the tribes on earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Daniel 17:13 had uh, prophesied it. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a Son of Man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was pre presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not, shall not pass away and his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. This is Jesus, the Son of Man. This is the one who has to be lifted up, who has to be exalted. This is Jesus the Son of Man, that everyone who believes in this Jesus, in this Son of Man, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let's go to, uh, to uh, uh, Numbers 23. That everyone who believes in him... How was Nicodemus hearing this when Jesus says this about just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert... Let's, let's read it and hear the gospel that Jesus is preaching. And, and it's an account of Israel as they, as they traveled toward the promised land. In Numbers 21 verse 4, is that up there, Josiah? Numbers 21 verses 4 and following. 
the following verses. They travelled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of, the, out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many, many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So, so Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by the snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. And Nicodemus, this would have been quite confronting for Nicodemus, I reckon. God is saying to Nicodemus, you're identified with the rebellious people of Israel. You're identified with those who uh, grumbled and complained and said, we hate this miserable, detestable food to God. You know, we've all been there. We're, we are all sinners. We have all rebelled against God. And we need God's forgiveness. We need His life. The people rebelled against God, and God sent judgment. God is a holy God, and just as we've read in John 3, those who do not believe in Jesus stand condemned already. God is a holy God, but the people, they, they recognised that they were under the wrath of God, under the judgment of God, and they repented. They came to Moses, they acknowledged their sin, and they confessed their sin and repented, and Moses interceded for them, and God graciously forgives. And today, God graciously forgives, but you and I, we don't come to Moses, we come to Jesus. We come straight to God our Father through Jesus Christ, His Son. And we cry out to Him. And we look to Him. Moses prayed and God instructed. And the people obeyed. And Moses obeyed. The gospel, true faith, is a call to obedience. They surrendered their will and they looked to the snake. They looked to the replica of that which God was sending against them in judgment. They looked, they gave their heart, their will, in obedience to God, looking, not just a glance, but looking, looking. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, must be lifted up that everyone who believes, that everyone who looks, that everyone who goes on believing may have eternal life and know God and walk in his kingdom it was a replica of that which God had sent in judgment and the New Testament tells us that Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh he was lifted up on the cross he was lifted up on the cross in the likeness of sinful flesh He who knew no sin became sin for us, that in him 
we might become the righteousness of God. And so Jesus, on the cross, the Son of Man, is taking your place and my place. That judgment I deserved, you deserved, Jesus took upon himself. We understand that that at the cross, God took his own judgment. God took his own judgment just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert. So the Son of Man must be lifted up. He must be lifted up. We must look to Jesus and his finished work on the cross. And we must look to him today. He is risen from the dead. He is, he is alive. And he is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. And we look to him. We exalt him. He has been glorified. He has been glorified through his death, his, his burial and his resurrection. And he lives forever. He is the Son of Man, the man Christ Jesus. You know, you and I will follow the one we look to. You and I will follow the thing we look to or the person we look to or the one we look to is the person that you and I will follow. We have a beautiful uh, granddaughter, uh, Ella, and it's uh, lovely to see her interaction with her mum and dad. And, it's, and, and uh, at a very young age, I watched uh, Ella and Lynn talked to me about it. <laughs> and we watched her and, she, and, and, and you, would, you would see if, uh, as we sat together, in, in, say, in the lounge room or whatever the environment was, if anything in that environment changed. Say if someone walked in who was a little unknown to Ella, she would look to mum. She would look to mum. And she would say, and she'd be in it, I think in her little heart of mind, she's saying, Mum, is this person safe? Is this okay? Or if a loud noise would go off or something crashed, she looks to Mum. She looks to Mum and says, You know, is she safe here? Is this okay? Is this something I should trust? Is this something I should do? And as believers in Jesus Christ, we look to Jesus, we look to the Son of Man. We look to him and say, and say, Lord, is this okay? Is this what you ask of me? Is this the safe place? Is this the place of obedience and what I, where I am to go? We look to him with our hearts. We look to him. We look to Jesus, the Son of Man. And I believe, even as little Ella trusts her mum and her dad, how much more? Can we trust our Father in heaven and Jesus, his Son? Thank you, Lord. How much more can we trust his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Jesus? We look to him. We look to Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. We're going to read Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. Let's go there. The writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded 
by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. As we continue to follow Jesus, as we continue in our faith, we are to look to Jesus. We are to continue to look to him, the Son of Man. In verse 1 of chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews says, Since then, or therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And he's talking about and referring back to Hebrews chapter 11, where it lists and and talks about a number of uh, Old Testament figures who held fast to the faith. They continued in the faith. They were faithful. And, And as you read Hebrews chapter 11, you get a sense that they're looking forward They're always looking forward. They're trusting God and His promises. They're looking forward. Have I got that up there? I've mucked up the thing here. That's okay. They're looking forward. You could read. I haven't got those scriptures for you. I'll read them. If we went to 11, chapter 11, verse 13, you'd see, or verse 10, you would see that Abraham, as he journeys... And as he's called by God, the scripture says that he was looking forward to the city with who the, he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. He's looking forward. He's looking forward. He's not just tied to his experience on earth. He is looking forward ultimately to a new heaven and to a new earth. Um in uh, chapter 13 of verse 11, it says all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They saw the promise of God, even though they didn't fully receive what was promised, but they saw it. They had possession of it in that sense. They saw they saw and faith, faith looks forward and faith looks to God and his promises. It looks to Jesus, the Son of Man, for we are in a race of faith and it's a long haul. It's a marathon. It's a long distance race. And if we're going to finish this race well, We need God's help and we need to look and continue to believe and trust in Jesus Christ. We need, the Bible says, to continue in this faith. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7 says, uh, Paul says of himself, I have fought the good fight, 
I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I believe this race of faith, it does include like the, uh, the works, the things that God has called us to do in advance, like Ephesians 2.10 says, God has called us in, ad- in advance to do certain things and, we're t- and, and a part of this race is continuing to be faithful to the call of God, continuing to be faithful to be the person He has called us to be, to do the things He has called us to do. But essentially, it's a race to hold fast and cling to Jesus Christ and the faith, to remain true to the faith, to the faith that was, has been once for all entrusted to the saints. That's why we need to be reading our Bibles. That's why we need to be reading Scripture. That's why we need sound doctrine in our, in our lives and in our thoughts because we're to keep the faith. And the Apostle Paul says, I fought this good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Just before his death, he said those things. Hebrews 5 verse 9 says this, He, Jesus, becoming the source or author, it's the same Greek word, of eternal salvation for all who obey him. I might read that again. Have I got that there? He, Jesus, became the source author of eternal salvation for all who obey him. There again in the scriptures is the link between true faith and obedience. And Jesus says, and the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus is the source or the author of your faith. He's the author of your salvation. He's the source. We should take great heart from this as we look to Jesus, as we look to him and fix our eyes on him. The faith you and I have, Jesus wrote the script for. The faith you and I have, Jesus authored. The faith you, that's why when we're going through trials, we can remember this. You feel like giving up. You feel like you're going to uh, uh, not make it. You feel even that maybe you're a believer, but a part of you feels that, am I really a believer? I want you to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He's going to bring you through. He's going to bring you through. He said to Simon, Simon Peter, as the, the devil came and was going to sift Simon, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And this Jesus who was lifted up on the cross for you and I, who authored your faith, who enabled you to come to repentance and faith in himself. He is exalted and sits at the right hand of of God, as we've just read in, in Hebrews verse 3, and he intercedes for you and I. He intercedes for you and I. Wow. Is the enemy having a go at you? Jesus is much greater. He's interceding for you and for I, and he is the one, he is the perfecter of your faith, he is the perfecter of our faith. In the original, we might forget that, forget the flicker for a minute. In the original Greek, the word our, when, when, uh, 
where Jesus says, where the writer of Hebrews says, sorry, let us fix our eyes on Jesus in verse 2, the author and perfecter of our faith. The word our is not necessarily there. It need not be there. Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith in Romans 12 verse 3. Jesus himself perfected faith and he did it for you and I. He has perfected faith and that's why we look to him as we continue to follow Jesus and in the faith and that's why we set our heart after him and follow his example that's why we set our heart after him follow his example and the clear teaching teachings of Jesus in the new testament and through his and through his holy apostles that's why we look and to the old testament that speaks of him that's why we look because Jesus has perfected faith he has perfected faith he is our example and in him and through his work by his spirit in our lives he is and has perfected faith in us he is perfecting us and in him we have perfection though we're not perfect yet but we look to him we look to the Son of Man. We look to His Scriptures. We look to His Holy Spirit. We trust in His Father, our Father God. We look to Jesus. We look to Jesus, the man Jesus Christ, fully God, fully human, risen from the dead, exalted to the right hand of the Father, has a glorified body, lives forever, intercedes for you and I. His blood speaks on our behalf. He prays for us, for his children. And we look to him who will return again in power and in great glory. We look to Jesus, the Son of Man, the one who for the joy, who for the joy set before him, there's something in there for us going through struggles, isn't it? That Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He, for the joy of knowing that you and I, that others might come to know Jesus, be a part of his redeemed community, might know God's forgiveness, that one day, and that, God, and that Jesus himself, having suffered and died on the cross, would be raised to life and would return to heaven to his Father for the joy. Joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Consider him. Consider him. When we're struggling in our faith, when we're battling with life, would we consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men? Consider all that Jesus went through for you and I. Bring it to mind and allow the Holy Spirit to help you get a hold of what Jesus has done for you and I. The price he paid for our forgiveness so that we will not grow weary, weary and lose heart. Not grow weary and lose heart. 
Let's look to Jesus, the Son of Man. Let's get rid of those things that are hindering us. Let's get rid of the sin. You know what it is. That Jesus is saying, you need to get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. Let's uh, even look at our time tables. Things that hinder may not be sin. They might be just, they might be things that we do, but that in some way hinder us from our walk with Jesus, from spending time with Him. And let's look to Him. Let's not look at circumstances, but let's look to Jesus. Let's not look at man, but look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith. Let's, in the church, let's not look at celebrities. Let's not even look at signs and wonders. Let's not follow for the, just for their sake. Let us make sure and check out that we are following the Son of Man, Jesus, the Son of Man. He's the one who has had to be lifted up on that cross for you and I. He's the one who is exalted at the right hand of the Father, whom we are to follow. He is the one we are to look to. He is the one we are to trust in and obey. And He is the one who has authored and perfected your faith. And He is the one who is going to enable us and help us continue to fight the good fight, to continue and finish the race, and to continue and keep the faith. Thank you, Father. Father God, in Jesus' name, I just thank you, Father, for your great faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you have called us to yourself, that you, Lord, welcome and invite us all, sinners, to come to you, to turn from our sin and to look to you. And in that, Lord Jesus, Father God, in that you give us eternal life. You, you renew, you uh, give us a new heart, a new spirit. You put your spirit into us, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name and you enable us to run the race that you've set out before us to keep the faith in Jesus' name. We pray that you would help us, Father God, remain faithful to you, to your word, to your promises, to your calling in Jesus' name. We pray that you would help us communicate your love and the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world, Father, to our community. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.